he even said, yeah, but there was a change in him where it almost was like a 180 flip. AOA, that's a triple play. New episodes of Conway. Yeah. Open your mind at the first gate. Press play, no need to debate. AOA, check me out. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages? Welcome back to the AOA show. I'm your host, as always, Ian, along with the boys, Isaiah. Oh, hi, oh. And Gavin. Hi, oh, hi. <laughs> I want to try something new. <laughs> and <laughs> I tried to invert Today. I'm going to try something new. Literally copies everything I said. No. You did it in reverse. I did it in reverse. Reverse. It's, reverse. Oh, incredible. Reverse. 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 I'm sorry. You're right. Oh, shit. Totally new. <laughs> Very new and original. All right. TOG, you already know the drill. Mm. Part one of our questions that are posed by the people in our Discord. Thank you so much to everyone that participated. Whether your question is going to be stated in today's video or not, we do want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for taking part in what it is that we do. Uh, it really means a lot when the community comes together to help us in the creation of these videos, whether inadvertently or otherwise. So that's what we're going to be doing today. We are covering what uh, episodes again now? Two 278. Mm -hmm. I believe 286. 286, thank you. Or, sorry, um, 279. 279, 286, yes. Which we covered in our live stream. If you haven't seen that yet, you definitely want to go check that out. It was a lot of fun, a lot mm -hmm. of laughs. Um, and definitely check out our blog post discussion as well going over that slew of episodes. But we're here today. We're going to answer these questions. If you like the content today, make sure you guys are liking, subscribing, hitting the notification bell, sharing with your friends, and commenting your thoughts down below. What did you think of the questions posed? What did you think of our discussion and our answers to them? What were your thoughts on these episodes? And what are your thoughts on Tower of God in general? But without further ado, Gavin, if you'd mm. like to take it away with the mm. first question. Dodger Roger. We got <laughs> our first question by Vladimir. What do you guys think is the meaning of the rack-like portrait that they found what does it mean for the future rack or what does it tell us of the past so very interesting i have a couple thoughts on it actually um some probably very irrelevant but i don't know i'm just gonna i'm just gonna throw Less it excited. out there Less <laughs> excited. Uh, no, all right my excited meter went down a little bit all right there, fair but enough but i just want to throw some to stuff out again. there so Obviously, in the painting, the first thing, or not the painting, but the um, what, is it, what does he want? Portrait. Picture. Okay, picture. <laughs> what like does he want? I don't know. What is, it, what is he talking? Um, is obviously we saw the clothing that Rack was wearing, and it was identical to what he was wearing when everybody actually teleported down into the hidden floor when he was fighting that sea monster. He so had that cape. He had the thing. Whether it was similar, alike, or not, whatever. I feel like that is almost a hint that. Someone in Rack's ancestry, or even maybe Rack in another life, actually made it to the hidden floor and what had a notoriety there. And he might have actually been one of the figures who was wiped by Jihad when he allowed certain people in. So I actually feel like it was a very strong descendant who had a high notoriety that maybe was in that top level who was eradicated by Jihad. And that was like almost a little Easter egg that was left because mm. there had to be relevance for that to be hung there to begin with. So someone of the hidden floor had to have known of his existence or had to place it there for some reason. And I feel like if you're on the hidden floor, there's so many strong people like there has to be relevancy, especially that it's by the exit. So. Yes, that is what I really think about Rack. I don't know. I'm also curious if it is tied to his um, 
his enemy or whatever. What do they call it? The um, sworn enemy. The sworn enemy. Because it's interesting how now that we've seen everybody else's, what kind of ties they actually play back to, you know, their childhood, their past life, and, you know, getting all that detail and information. And Rax was the first one that we've seen. And it made sense. It was a super strong, like, thing that Rack could never kill and, like, that could be a sworn enemy, blah, blah, blah. But I'm wondering if that's actually not his sworn enemy, but the ancestor who was previously at the Hidden Floor uh, sworn enemy, and it kind of, like, just got translated because maybe Rack just doesn't have one because of the way his personality is, mm. or maybe it's just everyone in that lineage is just the same, almost one-track-minded in a sense, and it's like, that is their enemy. Or I wonder if that just specific serpent has a tie to their lineage in some way because, I don't know, I just feel everybody else's sworn enemy had so much, like, tie to them as a character, and his was just very, like... Yeah, it's strong. Yeah. He can't one-shot it. So, like, there, it's a sworn enemy. And I'm like, there has to be a bigger meaning behind it. And I just, like, for me, that's two and two. Like, maybe it's an ancestral passed down, not his, but somebody in his lineage is sworn enemy. Yeah. So that is my theory on the portrait. Yeah, interesting. I don't know. I could be completely wrong, but. So, can you do me a favor? I should have a Discord tab open. Okay. Can you go to that real quick? Because this is going to influence my answer here. Because we don't have the panel included in, um the question that you see here, but it was included in our discord. And, um, I want to remember exactly if he was like what the portrait was to, to the T. So if you go to AOA top left, there you go. TOG questions. Um, actually you're in it already. I'm blind. If you just scroll up a bit. Yeah. Uh, Oh, no, no, no. Down that one. Can you click that? Okay. I was going to say, I didn't, I wanted to get a, Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the, the portrait right now. And uh, I didn't know if they included the weapon. I forgot because mm. I was going to say if like the spear was there, it's relevant. Um, yeah, I do feel like this being looks, I want to say, older than mm-hmm. than Rack. Um, just, I mean, it's it's kind of tough because they look so similar. But like, just his his face doesn't look exactly like Rack. I feel where it's like he's it's got a little thicker, and the things on the um on like his eyebrows or like the things on the side of his head mm-hmm. seem to be longer than, than mm-hmm. racks. I don't know if I'm lo- I'm probably looking too hard into that. Um, but I'm thinking it could be some sort of ancestor here, but I don't know for certain. I really would be beating dead horse going over it all again, because honestly your theories are basically the ones that I was throwing around in my head um, for Gavin. I- either it's an ancestor or it's rack in some sort of past thing um, but it's weird because even though that's, that would be his past, it's almost like it's his future in a weird sense, which is like yeah. the only character then w- that would get flipped on his head in the sense that it's like all the other people are like, these are our past selves. Mm-hmm. And even though that is Rack's past self, it's obviously, you know, if he got his mind, like, cause if he doesn't know it or anything, I would figure he got his mind wiped for some reason, mm-hmm. like something's going on. So like see, it's like this weird paradoxal time thing if it is him. So I'm very curious. And the fact that they put it, as a portrait on the wall means that not only was it rack or an ancestor and he was just there, but he was also relevant yeah, because you don't just like, yeah, yeah, he bears significance because you wouldn't just like carve that into a wall just for shits and giggles, mm-hmm. or maybe you would, but I mean like that, you know, just requires a lot of time and I feel like these people got a lot to do. So I don't know. I, I think that he definitely bears some significance in the fact that he might be looked at as like a hero, you know, whether it's an ancestor or him. Um, I, I don't know. What do you think, Isaiah? Um, I'm definitely pretty much in the ancestor boat because, okay. like, I think this might be the explanation 
as to why Rack ended up on the hidden floor before everybody else and didn't have to go in the same way everybody else did. Like the last time we saw him was falling off that bridge in the um, the in between of the um, the floor of death or mm-hmm. you know the name hunt station the floor of death. So and then from there he just went from there and the next time we saw him was a hidden floor. Don't know how he did that, <laughs> but I think a via well. We'll have to see if this is true, how they explain it. But a viable option could be that he was brought to the, the hidden floor because he was mistaken as one of his ancestors, who's this great prodigy of the hidden floor. Maybe he did something for the residents of the hidden floor. Maybe he was one of the people that, like, when Jihad started wiping data and shit, he was like, oh, no, fuck that, and tried to fight him. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I don't really think that it's Rack, like, from a past life. Mm. Um and I don't think it's his sworn enemy because the, uh, forget her name, but the chick that they meet when they come, the one who's with mm-hmm. Rack, uh, makes it a point to say that if you don't have a sworn enemy from your past, the mirror world will make one, meaning they'll just conjure up something out of your subconscious. Mm. So I think that's why that monster is his sworn enemy because, like, you know, let's be real, out of Rack's subconscious, that's probably something that would come out of it. <laughs> and we don't, we don't know enough about Rack's past to for anything to be feasible at least for like for the from the audience perspective um and like i feel like we've kind of already done the my sworn enemy is myself kind of beat and Mm -hmm. you can only do that so many times before it just gets repetitive sure um so i definitely think and plus like you were saying with the the portrait like there's enough visual distinctions yeah that it's clearly not rack and like i guess you can make the argument that it's an older rack but i don't know personally i think it's a little weak i think (laughs) that it's a much stronger bet that it's somebody from Rack's family, sure. his lineage, ancestry, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that throws me off in it, the more I think about it, is when he looks at it and he goes, me? With a question mark? And I don't know if that's Rack being like me, like I would know me when I look at it, or just getting thrown off in the sense that it's like looks like me. Well, you I'm, know what I mean? Like I I'm sure. I, I, I think it's Rack just getting thrown. I mean, he's not Probably. the most you know, intelligent <laughs> creature that's, that, you know what I mean? Like, I think if he sees a picture that looks enough like him, he's like, mm. why is there a picture of me? And this is the guy who thinks he's the leader of the, you know what I mean? I, th- I don't well, think he is. He's, he's, yeah, that's what I meant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's, uh, you know, it's not the brightest alligator in the city. All right, <laughs> relax. <laughs> yeah. Let's when, not take when this too far. When he initially got uh, taken, or when the whole bid, the bridge blew up, and that was the last that we saw him, were they over a body of water, or was there nothing below? Ooh, Do you man. remember? I don't it's even think it, it showed what was under the bridge. Yeah, it was like it was so just, far was, below. Because I wonder if that's like, the tie-in of the serpent, if like that serpent actually brought him to the hidden floor. Because, so, I mean, he had to just get there in that time of him falling. In some sense, because we saw the explosion, and he goes, yeah. "Like I'm just wondering know, how, like, what is the connection between the hidden floor and that? Some Jormungandr like, Norse mythology some, world serpent shit? I really, like, I think there are some people. I mean, like, I think that's the loophole that the hidden floor has, where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, don't worry if you don't have a sworn enemy in your life, like your your life, like we'll make one for you. So, like, I, I literally think because that yeah. it wouldn't make sense for that thing to be anywhere else. Yeah, that yeah, we've yeah. Seen. So it's got to be something know, that man. hidden floor made." To challenge well, rack. that, but then you can also argue that it was a, a sworn enemy of his ancestry, so that would already have links to him. Like, it doesn't that, like, for me, it just seems more, like, uncreative or, like, not very thoughtful to just literally pull something out of thin air, and I don't feel like SIU is really the person to do that. So I feel like to have it tie in some way to the, to the relevancy of the character is something that he would just naturally do. And even though it's not very upfront, like, I could just see a tie-in and would probably appreciate it in some way. Yeah, well, to be fair, it's not just, for lack of a better term, an ass pull in the sense that 
you could be right, but in the, in the event that you're not, the enemy is created from what we've seen mm-hmm. from the subconscious and the the character flaws and and all that kind of stuff. So, I guess it's not out of the question that like that being that is Rack's enemy if it was just created there isn't necessarily out of nowhere. Like I, it has it well, like it has significance. That's what I'm getting at. I'm not saying it's not. Like yeah. I understand if that's the case. I'm just saying it would be more creative in my opinion if there was another avenue that that, that he would have taken that for the them. existence of it. You know, it just no, it would make more sense I would feel like in a story. It doesn't have to be and it's not wrong if he doesn't. It just like I don't know, be a cool extra tidbit like a little Easter egg. No, that's so, fair. That's yeah. fair. All right, so I think we uh went through that question pretty well. Um thank you Vladimir by the way for for the question. Um next question comes to us by Sad Sparkles. Thank you Sad Sparkles for the question. Sad Sparkles says, "Coon's main goal from the moment we got or we get to know him is to be the leader of the Coon family." How unreachable is that goal now that we've seen Edan and Jihad from before they were even rankers? They're on a completely different level. And this question goes for every Slayer like White or Karaka. Just how can they take down the family leaders? Yeah, this is a good question um, because I'm kind of stumped by it. (laughs) Like how this is going to happen. You know, it just in terms of power scaling, like raw physical output... I don't know, man. Like, if Kuhn's going to be able to get to that point, I think it might be something where, you know, it's going... I think it might have to be some sort of coup, right? If we're going down that route where Kuhn has to... Isaiah references a lot, you know, it takes it takes a whole village, right, to, to, to take down the king type thing, where if Kuhn wants to do that, it's in, in a forceful way. I think he's going to need a lot of people to his side to not necessarily do some sort of all-out brawl, but to usurp with some sort of plan of political and, you know, this crazy thing. Not to mention that he can't kill them anyway because, or his father anyway, because he's immortal. So I actually don't think that he's going that route. At least it doesn't, the chips don't line up necessarily for me in that regard. Um, Now, there could be something too where, you know, if he's going along with Bomb and Bomb winds up taking the place of Jihad as the new king of the tower or whatever, um, Kuhn, I would assume, would be instilled as the head of the Kuhn family because obviously they're boys. So that's another route that they could take. You know, (laughs) Bomb's going to be like, eat on. All right, I'm king now. All y'all out. I'll put my boys in. (laughs) Yeah, it could. I mean, uh, that's another route. But um, I don't know. And then the third route here too is that there might be something, you know, once. I'm curious to meet, obviously, their present-day versions, um, but it's something along the lines of Edon might just be willing to, you know, step down from whatever role depending on what happens and what transpires to certain events. Like, there might be some sort of middle ground that is had um, where it's a voluntary thing, but those are three different scenarios. But I guess the only scenario I am eliminating from that equation is the I just beat you in a one-on-one fight type thing because if the... we've references a lot where we're like oh i'm curious to see how these people stack up against x person you know now that we're here and we see that it just doesn't even seem like a competition in terms of physical output right in terms of fighting ability or just raw uh talent when it comes to being able to kill someone so i don't know that's i don't know if that's the route like it's a that's a tall order for for uh for a coon so i think it would be one of those three that I had mentioned, at least those are the ones that come to my mind, but I'm curious to know what you guys think. Uh, I, so we, people reference this, uh, like, you know, Oh, don't you guys get it now? Like 
rankers and high rankers and and you know the ten head family heads like like the, the power scale like making it a point to be yeah. like the power scale is just completely of another world yeah, yeah. and like it is like right now but like the True. whole definition of a power scale is that it scales to <laughs> you scale. your literal character growth so if you get stronger guess True. what the gap gets smaller i don't think it's out of the question to say that at some point these characters could get to a place where they could physically challenge these characters. Now, do I think that's soon? No, but I don't. I I think it's it's weird that people are like it can never happen. Like, do you see how strong he is now? And that's it's like, fair. Yeah, he's that strong now. Yeah. But yeah. like again, the whole point is that they just got to get stronger. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, I don't know. I find this whole thing with like Jihad and the Ten Family Heads. They have this contract for immortality, like being flimsy. Where it's like they have a contract for immortality. They're not like naturally immortal. So, like most of the how the spells work in this world, if you get rid of that contract, they're no longer immortal. Like I think, I guess what I'm getting at is, I think there's a way to break down these family heads into to making them at the very least just naturally strong fighters, which is a different bout and a you know, albeit smaller or slightly shorter bill to to fill than like, oh, go take on this immortal guy who's super strong. Mm. Now he's just super strong, but he can die. Sure. These people may have incredibly, you know, high talent and, and ex- but they're not actual gods. I think that's like what has always stuck in my head is that like they are people. They there are, you know, they may be they're not like normal humans, you know, it, what is like normal as in relative to the characters we know. Mm-hmm. But like they're not actually invincible. They I, I do think there's a route that can be beaten with things like spells that have recently been introduced and with Bam and like the Thorn and just all the other items that I'm sure we'll we'll see going up the tower. Um, I don't think it's out of the question that like any of them now I don't think most of the leaders will be taken down in a mm-hmm. straight one on one brawl. I do think it's gonna require whether it's some coup or some plan or some, you know, trickery or or, you know, whatever. Um to get rid of some of them, but I, I don't know. I do think through, and like, again, I guess like you could combine the two, right? And be like, oh, the plan is to fight X person and then use this thing. And then like, I don't know. It, it just, it doesn't seem plausible in my mind that it's like, well, we, we shouldn't even consider fighting them. It's sure. Like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> like, you know, they're not actually invincible. And I think that at least in my head, that's what's important. Um, so I do think it's going to take a lot of planning. It's going to take, if there is some sort of physical altercation, like a lot of training, um, but I don't know. I could see some mix of like, like I said, some mix of trickery and some mix of like utilize. Because again, a lot of the well, I don't know. We've only met two of the, not not of the family heads, but like, well, we know of like Kuhn, AA, and some of the other Coons in reference to Kuhn Edon, and then uh, White or or Joaquin in reference to uh, the head of the Ari family. I feel like if anybody's gonna know how to take them down, it's it's got to be like people that are that know that family or sure. from that family mm. so makes sense that's my bet no that, that's fair gavin you got any thoughts uh yeah i i echo a lot of the same ideas i guess my thing comes with it's like uh, unreachable now maybe but you you got to remember that even edon at one point at it, the point that he's at now, Kuhn made a statement, paraphrasing here, but he was like, wow, my dad's strong, but he's nowhere where he is in his current day. Like, mm. he can tell the difference. And the thing is, 
yeah, that's normal. Like with the whole power scaling, like you're you're not gonna be born into the world being the most OP from day one. Like no matter who you are, you're gonna have to put some modicum of effort in it, and some people more than others. And we saw with just Kuhn in one like montage se- sesh with Evan, and now he has Enicor and that ability, and he's like not even a quarter of like proficient in it because it it could scale up to sixty four different things, you know. And it's like he has room to grow, and he definitely has a lot more floors to fl- like climb up by and he's going to just get more items by default so i feel like as they climb the tower higher to where they're even going to get get to the point to which these families are at at the, at that point they're going to have so much in their arsenal and so much power and so much training under their belt that they actually might be able to you know not necessarily go one-to-one but if you have friends or a team if you have bam and friends and dorsey say yuri in there like you you do have a comparable team i would think that would be able to overthrow. Like, that's the whole name of this game. So, at this point, yeah, they're on a different level. Like, no, duh, they're supposed to be. Like, if if they were that strong already, well, what's to stop them from just going, like, fast past the top of the tower? So, it's like, for me, it's almost like a no-brainer. Like, like now they're not going to be able to do it. But, I mean, the whole point of the story is to get the power to do it and, like, climb. So, like, I'm not concerned by it. At this point, mm. so um, yeah, I am we'll curious, real quick, because none of us answered this second part. If anyone has any thoughts, how this relates to the Slayers, because I know this is part of the question as well. I know I focused a lot of my answer on Kuhn. Oh um, well, so I, I, yeah, I didn't. I, I guess what I was one of my things that I was saying is like, if anybody knows, so this is assuming that my theory is correct, which I don't know that it is and could be complete asshole. But if it's not, I do assume that the Slayers are linked to like being the tools to get in or to defeat the family heads in the sense that like they are all related yeah. to the family heads. Yeah, so like again, sense. who can beat a family head? Probably sure. somebody from the family. That's probably what the role of the Slayers play. I okay, think. that makes sense. Which would make sense with White, Ari, like you said. Mm-hmm. Maybe the person who's targeting Edon is a Kuhn. Yeah. Karaka is a Jihad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, things like that. So yeah, that, that makes sense uh, for sure. Yeah, I, it'll be, I'm curious to see when we're like, you know, way up there how it stacks um you know i'm wondering because it's like a big theme unfortunately in this tower is and they kind of drill it into you from from the rip and i don't know if they drill it into you all in intent all because they want it to be subverted and like that's kind of the point um but it's that there are some people that are just blessed in this tower and there are some people that are just they're not they're not blessed, <laughs> right? <laughs> like they just, they don't have, they're not built in. no, they're not. They just have, they don't have that, you know, inner latent ability. They don't have what it takes just naturally. And, yeah. you know, they reference this a lot where it's like, no matter how hard you train, there are going to be people that just because of their lineage or whatever are just always going to trounce you when it comes to that. And obviously that, um, you know, that narrative doesn't sit well with me um, as a person that roots for the underdog. Like I said, I mean, I love I love me some hots. So obviously it could be kind of a, a shot to the heart to see all the hard work that some of the characters put. But my point here is that it seems to be a narrative that's pushed. And if it's supposed to be subverted, then fair enough when we get there later. But I wonder how that plays a role when it comes to irregulars, family heads, you know, things like that, where it's like, you know, half of the reason that the families um, or the descendants of the families are so powerful from what I've gathered is not, is, is because they have the blood of the, you know, the top dog. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I, you know, I wonder what the limits of that are. And if it's more of like, I almost relate it to like the, like the, like demon slayer where it's like, um, 
minor spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen it ahead, but um, how like Muzan gives demons his blood in order mm. to make them more powerful. Mm. And they could go like ham as shit when they train and like do all they got to do when you get to the upper moons. But the, but the, at the end of the day, th- beyond eating humans, like they really only get more powerful, powerful when he gives them yeah, more, more blood. blood. You know what I mean? Yeah, Which means yeah, yeah. that there's really no, they're never going to beat him because their source of their power is him. Yeah. So I like wonder if that, if that correlates in some way, shape or form when it comes to Jihad or some of the family heads and all that kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I'm curious. And if like, if it requires someone from the outside, outside, right? Like, and that's, yeah. I think what's implied sometimes with bomb being an irregular or Uruk or fan fantasium or I don't know, whatever the hell's name is or anything. Planetarium. Well, I think, I think Planetarium. That's yeah, the, the point of the, that's the, one of the roles that the workshops play mm-hmm. in the tower is yeah, that like technology. Again, technology. I do think that the whole point of this, you know, I, not that I, like have wrote this story, but like I do kind of think the point here of the story or, or a cool place that the story could go is this idea of like the tower being the thing that preaches like, oh, some people mm-hmm. just got it and some people don't. But yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. again, there are things in the tower that contradict that. The workshops. Yeah. Drugs. Exist. Yeah. yeah. But, like, no, but I'm serious because <laughs> no, like, the workshop <laughs> has created tools That's fair. that make Un- impossible fights possible mm-hmm. for some people. Yeah, it's like yeah. there are ways and things in this tower and sure, tools yeah. that even the weakest person could use to like mm-hmm. overturn or or triumph yeah. over a stronger. Of course, person. of course. It's all about yeah. how you utilize. Yeah, you the put tower a gun in somebody's hand against it. You know what? I, yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, and not sure. only that, but mentioned by my boy Lero Ro in the Shinsu wall test, another probably one of the most important uh, factors to have by your side in the tower is luck. luck. Yeah. And luck yeah, yeah. is the is literally the plot hole in everything that has to do with destiny. <laughs> very and blood freaking and convenient. Very convenient. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm just saying yeah, yeah. that is like going to be that no, is the he, premise I, of the tower. They do make yeah. that a point too where they're like some people you might get lucky. <laughs> yeah. You might find just I, the right way to beat somebody. Yeah, well I always figured I mean obviously that luck is such a you know broad yeah. term so yeah, that totally makes sense but I I generally interpreted that line um like that but also luck as in like what you're born into. You know what I mean? Like you, some people are lucky. Some are not like you're either oh, a 10 yeah, family yeah. head. Well, I guess it's like, or you're not, you all know, like type thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm curious. I, it would, if they beat them in a one-on-one, like if it's like Kuhn, AA Kuhn versus Edon Kuhn at top level or whatever, like, I guess you give it long enough maybe, but um, it's from what we've seen for, for some of these guys, it's going to be a pretty tall order. <laughs> so it'll I, be, uh, I personally doubt in a one V one, but I mean, if they get the whole village, then maybe they got something going for them. But my personal opinion, anyway, that was a good question. So thank you very much for that. Uh, Isaiah, if you want to take the next one. Uh, third question comes from Irene Sharda. Thank you for the question. Uh, they say, what do you think of the idea of data of the data of Jihad as a regular was corrupted or changed when he was visited by his current self, according to Edon? How much do you think he changed? Uh, what do I think of the idea? I think it's 100% true. Um, like we were, I was saying in our uh, live stream, uh, it makes sense. Jihad mm. is somebody who, you know, is making sure that he, however many steps he needs to have in play to make sure that he stays in King, that he's got 10 more than what he needs. You know, he seems like somebody who is very, very, at least net like current Jihad, very overcautious about his position, about the people that he claims that are his supporters, about anybody like he, like he's somebody who has to know where all the pieces on the chessboard are, because if he doesn't like one misstep could be his sure. downfall. Um, and so someone like that, 
leaving a data version of himself that is a literal different person in terms of who he is, how he thinks about the world, his ideals, what he represents, is a very dangerous uh, loose end to leave there. So, of course, he'd go down there and be like, ah, just tweet. <laughs> Make sure, you know, this is that and you don't think this and all that stuff. I don't think it's out of the question at all. I mean, if any jihad is one of the only people we know who can kind of freely go through the tower and fuck with whatever, yeah. you know, regardless of what the floor's established rules are. Um you know, how much do I think jihad has changed? I, again, like a night and day. I, I do think that the amount of time for what's passed between the when jihad cleared the hidden floor and when he establishes himself as king of the tower, plus the events, one of the most traumatic ones we know uh, for him being the whole VR lean turn, um, I, I think completely molded him. I think by now, like, you know, Bam's time, the jihad that's at the top of the tower is literally a different human being, like being than the jihad i think the and they make this a point i think a little bit even with edon the you know these guys are the you know, like the future king and the future head of the coon family but like at this stage they were adventurers they were they were people who were climbing the tower they had still enough of the semblances that of like a normal person mm. in them to be you know to be pure or i think pure enough to where like a lot of the tower stuff wasn't like tainting them to where, you know, you take the hidden floor, X amount of years, however long it takes to get from there to the top of the tower. Yeah, now they're, you know, th like, but it, it's good because you see the seeds in the hidden floor. You see the seeds of these characters being like, I think I'm just built different. Like, I'm not meant to be, you know what I mean? It's there in the sense that they didn't want to interact with the original uh, hidden floor. And now they're mm. on the hidden, hidden floor. Um, so again, give them that seed and let that give that time to fester from the hidden floor all the way to the top. Sure. Yeah. It makes sense that by the, by the top of the tower, they're like, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? So I, yeah, that's my thoughts. Hey Gavin, do you get anything? Or you got uh, anything? I mean, it's pretty much the same. I don't, I am not going to say that it's necessarily a night and day change only because I want to know, uh, current jihad and where he is now because that i feel like that would be a big determining factor in like for me knowing because if, if i feel like if jihad is that person like very egotistical and you know has a very like king-like mindset i feel like that would very much transpire to the same attitude that he would have given, you know, his replica or copy in the hidden floor. But with the conversations that Bam has had with him, he actually on some level seemed like a decent guy. Like he didn't come at like there were his moments. Yeah. But even when they were first talking, I was like, all right, he doesn't seem like terrible. Like he's actually kind of like, you, you, know, you know, there's like a weird yeah. side to it. And like, it didn't, I didn't get a feeling that he was masking it or he was trying to be deceitful. There was a side that was almost like, a playful kind of kid side that yeah is twisted and changed and that might be his old self or that adventurer side and literally like jihad came down and was just like you're a king you need to be destined and just like made that tweak and maybe erased arlene but like i, I i'm hesitant to say that it's a full 180 because then i feel like it would just be a direct replica of current jihad and previous jihad so I, I i don't know how much of it is true to his old self or not but we won't know until we meet current jihad um, but yeah, I think it was more of a tweak and I'm, I'm curious because there is a weird playful side to him that like, yeah, I don't know. It's I don't think it, I don't think it's necessarily the like, oh, he's not such a bad guy. Um, because he was willing to ax all those, all those people. And okay, fair enough. If your term of bad and good, or if you're like, there is no bad and good and all that kind of stuff because he's King and he has to do these things. So there is that argument there. I think what is surprise what might have been surprising to some of the people that read through this for the first time is that you're expecting jihad to be like 
don't know if crazy is the right word, but like, but like this, this like a villain, right? Like this embodiment of a villain, right? The, this is the guy. This is the dude that's been causing issues for everything, yeah, at yeah. least according like to most people, right? Mm -hmm. This force of nature, exactly. But when you meet him and he comes looking all goofy and ish with those shorts and shorts and the big sword and his funny looking goggles, and he, you know, goes through, you know, what it takes to be a king, or at least according to him, to bomb. And he's like, listen, I threw away that name. You realize that he's very human, right? At least that's the what I got. And that doesn't necessarily mean that he's a, a, absolved of sin because he's certainly not <laughs> doing great things where we see him right now. Um, but I think it makes his character interesting that he's not just like, I'm big bad for the sake of being big bad. It seems like he is conflicted within his own mind, right? Like when he says... No, this is something that you have to block out. You start with people that want to go for your throat, and eventually you get down to people in your inner circle, and then you you wind up getting rid of the, the people that you love most, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, it seems like he still wants to, you know, he's like convincing himself of that almost, mm -hmm. like as he says it. So, yeah, I, fi I find it interesting, the... Um, the the reveal of him right because it like it might not have been what a lot of people expected i didn't know what to expect it, it took me a little by surprise i mean wang nan being some sort of you know relevance i was like okay maybe they this share this like goofiness and stuff so like there was that but i don't know i i, I find the whole thing interesting i i personally think that um if he gave if his future or current self instilled whatever into uh, instilled his personality traits or, you know, overrode the personality traits of his former self in the hidden floor. I do feel like my, my mind tells me that they would be, they'd have to be pretty damn similar because it'd be weird for him to, unless he did that a long time ago and then just let that thing be. And then a lot of time has passed for current Jihad self. And he's like, Oh, I overrode that guy's data a while ago. Like now I've changed even more. So I could see, I could see that with my personal thing. But if this was, you know, the years in the tower are just like subjective at this point. So if it was like remotely close in time <laughs> within the past uh, hundred years or whatever that he did that, um, I would assume that they have to be somewhat similar in that regard, right? Because if he's instilling his personality in order that his former self carries out the wishes of his current self. So I don't know. That well, that's one of my mind that's like tripped me up. Can I can I add a little bit? Yeah, I go mean, for it. knowing jihad, it isn't actually like I would think it's not the biggest deal if he doesn't think exactly the same as he does, as long as important information is erased from his mind. So that's why I'm like, he he might not feel like it's necessary to jump through all of these hoops in terms of just like, all right, we'll just erase some things and move on. Like, it's not necessarily necessary essentially to go through all of the emotional states and changes. Because what's what's interesting, if you remember back when um, we met Thor. Uh, he actually made a comment about when um, Jihad was moving through the rice cooker. And he said, like, he, it almost looked like there were similarities to Bam in his personality, where it was like he is, was almost this, like, seemingly innocent, almost like, like every protagonist that you get, like a childish in the sense of nature. And he even said, yeah, but there was a change in him where it almost was like a 180 flip. So that make me that's what makes me feel like that there was he was like jihad was this person that we saw but there was something that led to a very vast change in his personality that is different from the one that we're currently seeing. So for us it's well, different the, the only thing with that though is that well it's established that there well I while I agree obviously because it's stated there's a change isn't it that he gets to that point and then so the change happened whatever made him you know go off the rails and then 
you know, it's implied that he then instills, you know, he wipes the old hidden floor version and instills it with what he wants, but he's already at that point. So the change has already happened. So like, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if like the change already happened. He already is what he is at the top and then overrode that, the yes. data. But on what I'm getting floor. at is it might not be a big deal to go in with all, cause like he doesn't have to go in and change the entire personality to what it is now. Like, like there's, there's not okay. like, like he can, yes, yeah, but yeah. there, but he, I also could see him being the type of guy who's just like, like, it, honestly, the hidden floor is kind of irrelevant for me. There's really like, there's a purpose in it. Yeah. But like, I don't need to go putting all this time and effort in like making sure he's like, I just need to literally erase some like stuff that I don't want my old self knowing, which could be Arlene and some other things. Like I want this mentality instilled with him. But he doesn't necessarily need to recopy himself and paste him in there. Like, yeah, well, yeah. I think, well, the, he I does, think the other so, thing ahead, is sorry. that, like, Jihad, this the hidden floor is the only place in the whole tower that there's any like version or or piece of Jihad until you get to the top of the tower. So if Jihad, and, and again, this thing that Gustang is tasked Bam was going to get is on the hidden floor. The hidden floor is not like a place anybody can just roll up into. Exactly. There are certain qualifications you have to meet before you can even get into the hidden floor, and mm -hmm. then it's like clearing the hidden floor and getting through to get to Jihad's younger version. I don't think that whatever it is Gustang wants is so, like, careless and not of worry to Jihad that he's like, I don't really care about the hidden floor. Like, I think whatever that thing is would be valuable to Jihad or would be valuable in, in terms of, like, taking Jihad down, which is why he put it there, because you can't just get to the hidden floor. Mm -hmm. You basically need to be granted access to the hidden floor because you have to clear the hell train like, that's the first prerequisite. Then it's getting the key, finding a way in, getting rid of your sworn enemy, all that stuff. But, so I, I, do, I do think he'd put a little care in, like, if he got there and being, like, making sure that this version, which is basically a younger mini ruler, um, echoes, like, a lot, if not all the... Because, like, the thing is, like, why would he care? At the, like, if we're talking about the Jihad that's at the top mm -hmm. of the tower, like, why does he care if it's his old self gets to keep his little... But, like, why why would he care? Why wouldn't he just make it exactly well, that, like But, but it's, it's, it's kind of the same argument, because with that with that whole mindset, there are people who have made it to the hidden floor. We know Sachi and gang was there at some point, and there is a quest in line for people to take and complete to get out of it. What isn't supposed to happen is what we're watching now and that's people going through the other side of the mirror and going into the big breeders world which honestly the jihad had the foot when he took people into the other mirror they got killed so he's already of the mindset that nobody's passing through this shit like i got big breeders here they're the ones who are going to mitigate anything that's happening nobody is ever going to see my old self because i already have so many safety nets it's just it, it really is and that's something that was in place when he added the second mirror so it's like if he was to come back even after that point to add you know like for me it's just like maybe not something that's as relevant for him that because it's not like he's going to have conversations yeah, with I, I feel guy. like jihad like, though like from what we've established from his character, the context clues is that he is a, I don't know if paranoid's the right word, but he's a very cautious, cautious yeah. and, and he's very cognizant of like what's happening around him and like what it's going to take for him to keep his power. Mm -hmm. So it would be kind of hard for me to get, wrap my head around the idea that there is anything that involves him or people that are powerful enough to mess something up that he just flippantly it's like, oh, I think I got it. Like, I think just in the fact that he had all the axed, the uh, the data versions axed, and that he overrode the data on there, and that it is so secretive, like, for him to be found, like, his location, and, like, all of these certain cautionary things, I think that, you know, that speaks to his character, that, like, 
I guess if you're arguing that it's like, okay, he finally thinks that he's done enough. But I don't know. I think just the fact that he's come down to meet Bomb as someone that is potentially disrupting this makes it seem like he's very concerned about who is disrupting what with his 9 million lighthouses that he's looking through, like every single person who comes through. I don't know. Yeah. I would say if this is a copy pasta of the j- current jihad, I would be more concerned of him not only keeping that power but staying at it because I look at him and I don't see I can see almost the immaturity of that age and for me, I would find it on un- what more unbelievable if that is the exact replica of himself in current day. Like for me, it just wouldn't be believable. I'm like, it's just for everything that we know and all of the schemes that have been put in place, like you could pay me money and I still wouldn't believe that this is him. Like it's just from the nature that we've seen, even if it's a whole hidden side, like there's just nothing that ties in. This is Jihad. Like for me, it's like, this is the point of this was a different version of himself. And when we get the current version of him, we're supposed to look back and reflect on the changes like that is the physical representation of this is a, a taste of what he was and this is what he is now i almost feel like it like i just don't find it intuitive to have the same one and it's like the same person well, when we know. say that it's like or at least when i was saying that it's like a, a copy pasta version i don't think it's like literally one for one like you're not going to find a single difference between young jihad and current jihad um I, but I think the the main differences are going to be experience, maturity, and exactly how much more corrupted he's become. But I think the core ideals of that kind of personality, which is cautious, controlling, like dominant, like all of those things are still going to be there. Like that's what Jihad, old Jihad put in place and that's what he tweaked to put in younger Jihad. Yeah, sure. He he can't do anything about like upgrading his maturity or experience because it's a younger version of him. That stuff is fine. It's not that you're gonna only find an older hot. But the core of that personality, which is a controlling, you know, egotistical king, that's there. I mean, this the hidden floor version, the dado, is the one he's mm-hmm. out here preaching like. In order to be a king, you got to step over everybody that's around you, including getting rid of the people that you love the most. But we know that the separation from the hidden floor to the floor of death is just one one floor in terms of like going up the tower but if he got that that whole pep talk or whatever from the god of guardians who if we remember the god of guardians was the one who quoted jihad as saying a very similar thing that bam said which was jihad asked for more power to make everybody happy to keep all of his friends safe Mm -hmm. that kind of jihad is not going to do a 180 and turn into somebody who's saying you need to kill everybody that's close to you in one floor unless those parts of his his mind, memory, whatever, are tweaked by older jihad to make, you know what I mean? Like that well, makes I don't, sense. And, but the, I'm saying that's not the argument though. Like, like this whole time, it's obvious that he made those changes and he's no longer an adventurer and he now is a king. Like that isn't what I'm arguing at all. All I'm saying is the jihad that we see now, that playful side, almost that childish manner, that has been my argument in that you know, this is supposed to be that little lens of this is who he used to be. And the current jihad, when we see him, he is going to be different. Different in a sense that, yes, he's going to share those same idea, ideals that he changed, obviously, of being a king. Yeah, well, duh. Like, what I'm getting at is everything else. Like, ju- just the way he kind of carries himself, that childish nature, almost that, that way, just the way he talks with Bam and conversates. I think that yes, through experience and through corruption, that is the change that I'm talking about and how he's going to be different. And that's what I'm curious when we get to this point to see the confliction between both of these people because we're not going to get a one-for-one of Little Jihad when he was at that time. 
Yeah, because he came down and he changed the memories. But, like, he's, we're still going to get a little bit of who he used to be, although altered. And that is what the comparison is going to be later on down the road. So I actually feel like we're on the same wavelength for most of what we're talking about. It's just a matter of I'd – be, I'd be very, like, weirded out if we just see, like – the same little jihad in like current jihad. And it's literally like didn't even grow it in. It's just like the same thing runs out in the same shorts. And it's just like, I'm King Jihad, motherfuckers. Like, woo, woo, woo. And he's like the same mask and like all that stuff. I would just be like, all right, this is a little weird. But I mean, if they can explain it, it's SIU. He can honestly probably like sell ice to an Eskimo. So I, who, who knows at this rate? <laughs> well, you don't even have to change but. that camera, my friend, because you got the next question, my dude. Oh, wow. I actually forgot we were doing questions. So what is this? Um, <laughs> we got, what is it? Pipe? Oh, Piper 5, what do you think about Kuhn prioritizing Meesing's safety over his own? What are your thoughts on the uh, fight in general? Do you think maybe a part of Kuhn even, do you think even, do you think maybe a part of Kuhn even thinks maybe he deserves the beating for somehow causing his sister's death? Interesting, interesting, interesting. So, um... I'll start. I'll just go in order. So what do I think about Kuhn prioritizing Meesing's safety over his own? Um, Definitely big. Um, Kuhn stands. So I can, I'm not, I'm going to go easy on just giving him all of the accolades because he already has them all. He's cute. He's adorable. He's amazing. All right. I'll rip him to shreds Um, when he gets You'll you'll rip him to shreds. I'm just Um, Although I think it is big in comparison to his uh, sister. I forget her name already. Um, Not our, uh, what is it? What is his sister's name? His arch enemy or... Oh, someone with a K. What was it? What? Kessia. 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 Yeah. Kessia. So, I think that it it is obviously big for Kessia because she's like this is not of Kuhn's nature, and we have insight from the past that this typically isn't Kuhn's nature until he met Bam. So we see him growing. This is just another stepping stone of just how far he has come in terms of being more selfless with his actions, which is really awesome because Kuhn is a great guy, and I just think if um curated in a correct direction that he will flourish, which he has been thanks to Bam. So awesome stuff from Kuhn. Um, what do I think about the fight in general? It is pretty crazy knowing that he has a sister, Kaisa, who we just met off the bat and is able to uh, almost kill him, <laughs> quite literally, uh, which is crazy because we know just the raw power of Kuhn, and obviously his family is strong, and his sister we know is going to be strong, but, like, not going to lie, I was not I was caught off guard just when they were having that fight, and then she just shanked him, and I was like, oh, whoa, 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 they're not killing him, right? And then SIU being a little ass and being like, oh, is Kuhn going to die? Ha, 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 just joking. No, you don't do that, like... No, don't do that. Um, so interesting. I thought that fight was awesome. Uh, going on to the next part of that question, though, is do I think that Kuhn um, maybe deserves the beating somehow for causing his sister's death? Um, <laughs> Feels like a uh, leading question. Uh, Ali, it, it, it does <laughs> well, feel like, to okay. be fair, okay. do you think Kuhn thinks yes, that he deserves exactly. the beating? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And that and that is the importance of it because although I may not think he did, I do. Obviously, she is. Why do I not get it right? Arch nemi, or, uh, sworn enemy, enemy, sworn enemy, Jesus. Um, <laughs> You're good, bro. Ob- obviously, she is his sworn enemy, and yeah. it is also very obvious with the explanation that he was lying, and especially because he calls out and Dorsey's lie. So yeah. there definitely is some deep-seated problems that he has with his sister's departure and killing herself, and I would put money on it that he probably does share guilt toward it, obviously, um, and is hiding it. So in, in a twisted way, I feel like there is probably a part of him that's like, yeah, I deserve this, um, in a sense. But, um, I don't think that I don't, I'm of the mindset that he doesn't believe he deserves to die over it. And it is something that would come through redemption. And I mean, it's, 
I'm I'm guessing that he hasn't seen his sister since the accident because, Mm -hmm. you know, that was the defining factor that, you know, isolated him from his family. So I'm sure that weighs on him quite a bit. Just the fact that he's not able to see anybody that he grew up with or had these relationships with like him and, and it was alluded that him and uh, what his sister actually had a decent relationship and got together. Well, so like I I'd imagine that is a sore spot on him. And there was probably a part of him that was like, yeah, I deserve maybe a punch in the face, not a stab in the almost death, but um, <laughs> you know, in the, uh, but yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to lay down on there. Although I don't think he deserved a beating because he's too beautiful for that. And luckily, he was <laughs> mess up that face. No. <laughs> we don't need that. No, but I was to you guys. Yeah, uh, I mean, um, I think this is a big moment for Kuhn in terms of uh, character development, uh, which is fantastic. You know, Kuhn Kuhn is a good guy, and one of his biggest weaknesses, I guess, if you want to call it that, it's kind of subjective, is that. You know, it's very, he's analytical and logical, some would say to a fault. Whether you agree or disagree with that is up to the individual, but I guess, you know, the fact that he would normally cast somebody to the wayside in order to preserve his own life, or once he meets Bomb, generally Bomb's life, um, the fact that he now is like, the the plan was to get me saying, is... uh, is is pretty awesome. I, I really love this character development for Kuhn. And uh, now that it's it's extending beyond bomb, right? Like I would save bomb, I would save myself, but it's no, it's like I'll save me saying now as well. That was that was something that was really cool um, for him to do. I I do think it was interesting if that was the the ploy the whole time for him to go by himself, which is interesting. I guess it was like something he still has this bit of like I need to handle this on my own type thing, which you could argue if there's a hostage involved is like. Maybe not the time, you know, well, fair enough. But Remember, he left the others behind because he left one of his lighthouses. So once they found this, the location, he could use that, the lighthouse he had, to teleport him and me saying. You're totally right. Disregard yeah. that last thing I said. <laughs> My bad. Um, that's what I get for, for forgetting. Um, I got you. Big character development. I'll leave it at that. Um, t- what do you think about the fight in general? Pretty sweet. I mean, um, you know, that chick can wield a blade like none other. <laughs> she just literally, like, cracked a switchblade out like the Joker or some shit and just, like, just like slice him up, man. That was that was crazy. It was cool though. Um, do you think maybe a part of Kuhn even thinks maybe he deserves the beating or somehow causes or for somehow causing his sister's death? I'm actually very conflicted on this notion because if we didn't read as far as we did with the boat scene and him describing um the whole thing that went down, the whole debacle here, I would initially think that I'm like, maybe he thinks he deserves it a little bit. Uh definitely not to the point of death, like what what Gavin says. Um, but then there's a part of me that doesn't think so because I don't, I think if I, if I thought that Kuhn thinks he deserved that beating that I'd really just be speculating with not too much evidence on there because there isn't anything he explicitly or implicitly says that would, that would say that, um, per se, uh, it's really just saving the hostage. At least that's how I interpreted it. I, you know, somebody might've interpreted it different. Maybe I'm missing something. Um, and I also think it's a little interesting. I made a comment during our live stream about this where he's explaining the thing on the boat and I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically is, is says something along the lines of, yeah, this whole thing went down and like, I didn't come to the tower for a while. Like, you know, because I figured like, you know, she would, uh, like time would, would heal it. Like he doesn't say it like that, but he's basically, I'm basically paraphrasing. He says something along the lines of like, you know, I thought she would like, it would be okay that I wouldn't have to confront her about it because it's like that that's blown over. Like time has passed. And I even made a comment about that. And then I'm like, okay, Coon, that's the next step in character development. We're going to need from you because that is not something that just 
you know, somebody gets over, you know, like you have to have a conversation about that. Like that was, that's your sister, right? And the sister that your other sister really looked up to. And, you know, that, that's a big deal. We got to flesh that out. So I think, I think in Kuhn saying that, at least the way I interpreted it, that would lead me to believe that he doesn't think that he deserved that beating because just the fact that he's like, oh, well, I figured time would kind of heal that, that, you know, the fact that he wasn't, you know, going to talk it out and all that kind of stuff and, and have it like just inspector to get over it. I don't think that he's like, yeah, and I deserve to get beat up over it as well. I feel like you kind of have to hit that first notch before you, you hit the second one, if that makes sense, unless he's hiding something or just trying to put up some sort of facade, but it, it just didn't seem like it in my personal opinion, but that's my, that's my take on the, on the question. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to, cause you guys hit a lot of similar points. The whole me saying thing, yes, I do think it's uh, obvious growth in Kuhn's character that he's looking more towards other people's safety and not his own or not specifically Bam's. Um, what are your thoughts on the fight in general? I thought it was pretty dope. I thought it was like cool to get like this close quarters, like, you know, knife dagger, like <laughs> little like fight, you know, in comparison to like the Bam, like super Shinsu blast yeah, fights that yeah. we've seen. Um, so this was like much smaller, much more personal and low key, uh, which was dope. And do I think a part of Kuhn uh, even thinks that he deserved the beating. Absolutely. I do. I think Kuhn, I unfortunately think that Kuhn is a character who does not think nearly as high of himself as other people think of him. Um, and I think that that conversation on the boat, in my opinion, was telling because I do think 100% that was him putting up a front and hiding the fact that those are his true feelings. Because again, I think what I, and this is part of what I, you know, what I am loving about this arc, in at least in where I think it's going with these characters, is like, their flaws are going to be put on the table whether they want to talk about it or not. I think last discussion that we had, we discussed, like, one of the questions was like, oh, who do you think the sworn enemies of, like, some of these other characters could be? And Dorsey and, and you know, whoever. Um, and what we got into, and I think what that really brought up was the idea that, like, these sworn enemies in this floor, by extension, are not here to, like, give you little, like, pebbles and throw them at you and give you these tiny irritating little like bug bites of obstacles like this shit is designed to like bring you to the core of whatever your character flaw is and 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 like confront that whether you you win or lose is up to you but like those things are not like you know small pebble problems those things are things you probably don't even know or understand or feel or if you do you sure as shit don't want to talk about them yeah. so i think it's not out of the realm of coon to lie and be like yeah, to be honest, I kind of just thought it would all go away with a little bit of time. But, like, in his head, he's like, no, this has actually been a pretty big thing on my mind, and, like, I am terrified to talk about it. I'm terrified to... S I, I was hoping it would go away with time because I'm terrified to ever see her again and talk about sure, this. Because, sure, Because, yeah, maybe it is all my fault. Maybe I... And so I do think, again, that's why she manifested specifically in the way that she did. I think this is Kuhn... You know, this is the sworn enemy coming out of Kuhn's subconscious, beating him up, giving him the beating that I think he that I think he thinks he deserves. That's a fair, that's fair. That's, that was a good question. Again, thank you. Yes. Um, so moving on to the next one here, we have by sad sparkles. Um, I just want to also mention that sad sparkles had for both of these questions. I, some of the like most upvotes that we've had just in general, like yeah, 17, yeah, yeah. 18, that's, that's really good. So congratulations. Good Quite job. the question asker here. So sad sparkles says, what are your assumptions when it comes to Kuhn's reason for helping Maria that he couldn't disclose to others? Because now we know for sure that Kuhn accepted Maria's proposal and betrayed his family fully conscious of its repercussions. And nowhere was it stated that Maria betrayed him. That's all anime. <laughs> uh, by the way, nobody knows for sure, so go wild with theories. <laughs> okay, good to know. Um, I don't know, man. What are your assumptions when it comes to the reason for why he 
Thanks, Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> That's my reason. That was valid input there. <laughs> Go on, please. Um, in terms of why he betrayed, um, man, that uh, I would have to say, if I'm just pulling it out of my, my left cheek, as Gavin would say here, and especially if nobody knows for certain, I'm going to say it has to do with something with love is my thing, right? Because, like, that's a big deal to sell out your family. You know, I mean, to be fair, family in terms of the 10 great families is a little um, fractured of a term at best. Yeah, they don't necessarily, you know, it's not really ride or die with all of them. But some of them, we do, we do get scenarios, right? Like we get with, with uh, White, you know, the fact that all the kids were willing to make a pact, things like that. Um, so there is this, this connection for sure. And based off Kuhn's story, it seems like they had that connection. It's not like they hated each other for sure. So I think it's a big deal to sell out your family. And I think there are very few things that would make people do that besides them being a complete degenerate or sociopath for just no reason at all. They're just like, uh, it benefits me in any any small way, shape, or form. Yeah, I'm there for it. Uh, there are people like that, but I think the inclusion of Maria definitely, in my opinion, the only other thing strong enough motivator um, would be something along the lines of love, like love or fear. And I'm probably going in the in the love camp here. Uh, it's really the only thing that I could think of to make him do something so crazy as to betray his own sister. Now, to be fair. He didn't know that she was going to uh, take her own life. But, I mean, that's definitely not an excuse either because even if he was like, well, I didn't know, I think that's a little bit of a weak argument just in general because taking your life is one thing, but you knew you were going to devastate her in some way, shape, or form. You knew you were going to hurt her immensely. And obviously the taking of her own life was the worst possible scenario that could have happened. But with how these families operate and how relevant it is for their children to be at some upper level the way that it's instilled in these children right we have um why do i always forget this chick's name is it elaine or the the name hunt right mm -hmm. elaine we see elaine it takes takes the protagonist to bop her in the head a few times to be like yo you know what i mean like we're gonna go through this way because she's been entrenched yo. in that mindset for what like a thousand years she's been there and she's like i'll wait you know what i mean until they forgive me and it's like yo lady like they're not gonna forgive you that's the thing <laughs> like that's the thing bear came down there and was like yo lady wake <laughs> up like just super rude <laughs> i mean hilarious first of all but like that that's my thing right is like you know, these these children, or even into adulthood, like, this is what they know. And, and just add on top of it that these are siblings. This is a very big deal for something like that to happen. Sorry, I was too loud. But, uh, but yeah, this is a very big deal for something like this to to happen. So I think that if I, if I had to go out on a limb here, it has to, I think it has to do with something with love. But that's my prediction. Um, I, th so, yeah, so I think that... Because the, there's a line that Kuhn has, uh, I think, while he's, you know, it's during the boat scene, like, while he's explaining the whole thing. Um, and, and basically, he's breaking down, you know, what it was like growing, you know, his childhood, what it was like growing up, and the power dynamic and the structure of the family, which, you know, isn't much different from any of the other Ten Great Families, in the sense that, like, a normal day for somebody that lives in, in those families is like fighting for your life. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I forget the line, but it was like something, you know, that implied that he was like, yeah, like worrying about 
you know, if you were going to live or die, like, was an everyday thing for, like, that would, like, you know what I mean? If you couldn't sure. prove your worth every single day, like, you you were worthless. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I guess what I'm getting at with this is I think, I think what Kuhn could have potentially seen in Maria is the same thing that he saw in Bam, which is somebody who wants to get on top of this system, but not for the sake of, like, being the next ruler or being somebody who's just... Who, who gets to now be the owner of all this power and abuse others, but use it to better people's lives and maybe change the family. And it might even be what initially inspired Kuhn himself to want to now become the head of the Kuhn family. Mm. Because I think the only, because like you were saying, yeah, him, he's very close with his sisters, but if his sisters wanted to be the head of the family to just continue the lineage and continue the legacy of the Kuhn family, which up until now has been nothing but, you know, uh, abusing and and you know all the terrible things that the 10 great families have been doing like what what is that you know what i mean he may love this sister but if she's just going to keep doing what everybody's doing and isn't doing anything to make people's lives better and maria wants to again kuhn not knowing and not expecting his sister to take her own life over that i don't see why it would be implausible that he's like oh yeah i'm totally gonna help maria like my sister might be bummed about it she might be devastated but like Again, if, if killing, like, because nobody, I, I feel like that's such a weird thing to be like, oh, what if, she, like, to, for him to have to consider what if she kills herself? Because, again, the Kuhn family, you know, sure, it is a, it's a devastating, like I said, you, you know, fighting for your position in your life. It's a devastating and, and very tense scenario. But, like, they're not people who, like, if they're not the head of the family, they're nothing. You know what I mean? Like, that they have absolutely no leg up on anything and that they're not, like, they're, they're still a Kuhn. At the very least. And obviously there's a difference between head Kuhn and, and just a Kuhn. But I guess my point is it'd be weird for me for Kuhn to be like, oh, you know what? I don't know if I'll do this because, like, what if she kills herself? It's like, well, I, that's, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, that's such a, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that, that doesn't track for me personally. But, so with that being said, and if, again, if the sisters, if their goal is to sort of just do the same thing that the rest of the family's been doing and Maria's isn't, Again, it, like, because I, I think what he sees in Bam, it's so, it's so strong. It, it grabs him so firmly that it's like, it, it can't have been just something like, Bam's kind of cute, or I like his hair color, or this kid's spitting the right fat. Like, he sees this, like, will and desire to want to change and help people. And I think he saw it, because he even has a line way back in season one where he's like, if I was like this, meaning the way he is with Bam, with Maria, like, would things have turned out differently? Because I think whatever caused him to get thrown out of the family, it was how this... That well, that line, if I'm not mistaken, was uh, the way that Bam no, treats Rachel. Yes. And yes, he's like, was. if I was or, only like sorry, this... That's, that's what I meant. Yeah. I just said it wrong. Oh, okay. Yeah, is that, like, if he was... So, I guess what I'm getting at is that if he saw what he sees in Bam in Maria, but was too afraid to act on it, like, that's what gravitates him to Bam. This is a second chance... This is a, a chance for him to treat Bam like Bam treats Rachel because Kuhn, if Kuhn had tr treated Maria like Bam treats Rachel, then like maybe the circumstances that they were in would have been different or would have turned out better. So curious I want, to know your uh, thoughts. Yeah, I, yeah. I different in that opinion, but I, it did, my whole thought did follow along the premise in that when Kuhn first met Bam, my assumption of it was that he said something along the lines of, I want to follow Bam because I want to see how this turns out between Bam and Rachel. So for me, I see something. Or just Bam more, in general. Or just, he doesn't know about Rachel yet at first. Well, he, he first no, no, no but, but he, but Bam does say that his whole reason 
reason, like other than like his reason for going in the tower is to follow Rachel and it's at this person. So for me, I feel like Kuhn might have been on that same footing in terms of, and actually I feel like that's might be a reason why the anime adapted it in a way that is similar to Bam's situation with Rachel in terms of a betrayal, because obviously if it's stated that nobody knows, it'll go wild with your theories. I like that. But that was my tying into it is that it possibly is a betrayal and something similar to that line or in a sense. But I do feel like it, it is a direct parallel between Bam and Rachel and what is happening in their relationship. And that's what caused um, Kuhn to obviously get trapped in everything that he is with Bam. However, if I had to offer offer another side is that it, I it wouldn't be out of the question in my eyes if it was purely for power reasons um because obviously we when we first see coon in bam coon was a like a cold-blooded little bastard like he he was willing to do some shit um so for me it wouldn't have been out of the question if maria had and also his goal was the same in becoming the head of the coon family so for me i could definitely see if maria offered him hey if you get me to this power or this place i can offer you you know I, I salvation I can be the one like I'll make you my prince if you make me the princess you know and like I will help you or I have xyz you know thing that can put you on that pedestal and maybe Kuhn took it for that time and really didn't think any nothing was on his mind other than being the next head of the Kuhn family and knowing that his current sister who wants that princess position probably won't pro propel him up there and might even be a hindrance to him growing up there that he saw that salvation in Maria and was willing to give it a shot, especially if she had some sort of prowess. I mean, she became a princess at the end of it, so she obviously is strong in a sense. So, like, he probably saw... So it could have been a twist of love, power, and everything combined, and, you know, a sad twist of everything. But I, it could be any of those. Um, sorry if I overlapped with people. I was kind of in and out of my own head. But, yeah, I think that's... Yeah, that's I think it's valid point. points for sure. Um, I actually... No, Isaiah, I think you have the next yeah. question, right? Uh, so the next question is from Vladimir. It's another repeated name. Uh, Jahan specifically mentions a red third eye. Does that mean that the other two are normal? What kind of special quality do you guys think it grants him? What are these king seeds he mentions? Uh, are they just seeds of corruption implanted by the king version? Uh, so uh, he mentions the third eye. Do I think the other two are normal? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a mask. Like SIU in the blog post states that it's a mask. Um, no, I think he means. <laughs> all right, that is funny, but I, I at least the way I interpret the mess, the <clears throat> question is that when he refers to a third eye, I don't think he's referring specifically to his his mask. I could be wrong. I if you if if I'm wrong, fair enough. Um, but I think the question is framed in like the like the third eye. Like when people refer to the third eye, it's like it gives them some sort of thing. Like I think he, I don't think he means like the mask. I think he means like his actual two eyeballs. You know what I'm saying? As compared to what that third eye would give him. Is that what you were saying? Maybe I misinterpreted the way you said it. No, well, I just don't under... Are you saying... It, was there a lot? Did Jihad make a reference to like a, you know, a metaphorical third eye? Um, He talked... Well, he talks about the red third eye. Yeah, like... But I think... Does that mean the other two are normal? Like, I think when he when he asks the question, he means that the other two reference are like his actual eyeballs, like where normal eyeballs would be, like not on the mask. Uh huh. You know. Okay. Oh, okay. I was pretty sure he was just talking about his mask, which is 
I didn't know that that was like a, okay. I mean, I could be wrong. Fair enough. I just think it would be weird to be like, does that mean the other two are normal? But like all three of them are literally the same exact well, thing. Uh, for some yeah. reason, on I, the remember, mask anyway. I remember reading this quote or another one and it had similar wording and it was like Jihad mentioned his third red eye in Crimson. King. You know what? Before you even go and on, I apologize for cutting you off, but he uh, actually posted panels in the discord. Do you still have the discord uh, up here? Yes, I do. actually. Okay. There you go. I, now I remember. There Sorry. I should have I forgot about that at first. That's why panels are important, kids. Yeah. Okay. So he goes... You mean, that's right, I'm the one destined to rule over the very top of this tower, the first and greatest adventurer in the world, with the th red third eye on my forehead and, and a, crimson a crimson cape, cape. wrapped around me. Yeah. So yeah. he's talking about the mask. Hold on. Uh, I don't think so. Because he mentions well, the eyes and the cape, and the cape, which is the cape that's wrapped around his body. Yeah, so I think there is, so for me, if I can jump into this question. Sure, sure, go for know. it. So I do think that there is a metaphorical side to the third eye in general, because yeah. obviously it's an emblem that has to bear some importance of jihad in this. And, and that's the thing. I actually, my takeaway is it's meant kind of both ways where okay. it's a physical, like, like, Oh, this is my mask with the third eye and the Cape. Like, I, I think it kind of means both things where for me, the third eye represents that these two would be the normal ones and the other one offset in the center is actually um, the sight through your mind in terms sure. of, you know, like that's pretty much every generic thought you like. That's what most third eye thinks. So it's like open your mind and you get a whole new perspective. So that is my very surface level take on what the third eye is in that situation. I think I'm with Isaiah where it really like, Kind of just seemed like he was talking about his. Well, like, the only well, thing I, is, if you go back to the panel here, he says, um, he says with the red third eye on my forehead. So he's so, but the, but when he puts the mask on, the mask is covering his three eyes. No, but you see but it the, in shots. There is the one right is there. I know. I just said that, but that's not the mask. Isn't his eyes? The mask is going over his already eyes, right? So when you put a mask on, if I put goggles on. My uh, that's not my eyeballs. My eyeballs are still under the mask. He's yeah, doing but I that think I think he's referencing the mask. Like I think the mask is essentially like it's it's the crown. Where like him saying this is he's like I'm the one with this crimson red cape. I'm the one with the the red third eye, like the red third eye mask, because that's also his symbol. He's saying the the person who wears this is the is the one who's destined to be king, and that's me. Yeah, like I don't think there's a physical red eye there. Like I think that plays in the metaphorical like piece of it. Okay. Like, he, like he's yeah, saying, like he's saying, like he's, he's saying, saying, I have the third red. Oh, he's, he's saying, saying the one who has like that it. mask is the one who's reached true enlightenment. Like that's where the metaphorical thing ties uh, in. But I think he's talking about the fact that because I have this mask, because I am the one who wields this, I am the one who's destined to be king. I, th I think that's what he's getting at here. All right, fair oh. enough. <laughs> Oh, we'll go to the I don't know. Yeah, so, so I forgot the rest of the question. Okay, my bad. Um, specifically mentions what are the two normal? What kind of special quality do you guys think it grants him? What are these king seeds he's mentioned, and are 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 they just seeds of corruption implanted by the king? So Wang Nan makes a reference to the seed of the king or king seed that mm -hmm. phrase uh, in his uh, backstory. Uh, I do think that they're a. Come on, like that's, oh, yeah. that's come on. Uh, two. Uh, yeah, I, I think the the seed of the king or king seeds, however you want to phrase it, um, is it like is referring to his his lineage, like his DNA, his blood. You know, in Jod's case, his literal blood. Um, again, I think like that coupled with like I don't know what significance that cape plays into it. Maybe it's just an ego thing, but like that coupled in with like the way he mentions that and the way he talks about like this symbol of his, this third eye, like. 
is Jihad being like, I'm the one who has the, like, the red third eye here. I'm the one who has this cape. I'm the one who has, like, the seed of the king or or this blood. Like, like this is him, like, proclaiming that of anybody and everybody, he's the one that has the right to be king here. Like, he's the one who has all these, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, so I don't think it grants him any special power. Although, actually, I am now literally just remembering that in the altercation in that moment, um, there is that thing that happens where when Endorsey comes in the room and sees him, she's like literally paralyzed and like can't move. Um, so maybe that's a power of the, of the red third eye. Um, it's like a way for him. Like, again, we talk about Jihad being this very super cautious, this very like egotistical, this very like, I have to control everything. Um, I don't see it out of the realm of him having an ability or maybe even that mask having an ability like that mask is linked so that anybody that shares his blood, he can control them with. And that's why he's always wearing it because he always has to be able to control, you know, or always wants to be able to control whoever, you know, the princess is or whoever, you know, whatever. Um, or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I know we just had this conversation, but after you just said that, I think it would be a lot more fun if Jihad did have a third eye and like a physical third eye, and that was its purpose almost. Like, <laughs> well, dude, no, you know I'm that? not gonna like, lie. It, it I'm not sense. gonna lie. I know you guys explained it that way, but I'm really not seeing it that way because <sighs> it wouldn't. This question wouldn't make sense at all. Saying, does that mean the other two are are normal? Because if it's referring to specifically the mask, all three of the eyeballs that the mask are literally identical. So it's like weird that this question points out the red third eye, like specifically. You'd think, like, the question posed here would make me think that, okay, well, yeah, of course they're not normal because they all look exactly the same. But the thing that the, the only way I could interpret this question is, like, that we don't actually see the eyeballs. Well, I, I, th that, I think that it's saying if the, if, if the, if him saying the phrase red third eye obviously specifically mentions, is talking about this, the yeah, third eye. Sure. Are these other ones normal? As in, like, if this one is special and has some sort of well, yeah, but well, that's what I said at first. But you guys were saying no. But he's I'm referring talking to about the mask, the eye of the mask. You're talking about he's got like a but, but the, that's the thing. All of the eyes on the mask are identical. They all they're all exactly the same. They're just positioned differently. Well, no, the middle one is smaller. Is it? Not, yeah, yeah. The middle one I think I is slightly know. smaller than the other two. If you go to the panel, then maybe, but I, mean, I don't I think so. Mean, but I'm I'm, I'm, I'm pretty well, sure they're all the same. I don't. Uh, maybe it's a little it, it, it smaller. Is, it is different. Yeah, yeah. But I, I guess that's my point, is that, like, well, beyond that, like, fair enough. But I, what I'm saying is that, like, I don't think the question refers to the mask specifically because even if it's a little, the top one's a little smaller, the the, the design and everything about, like, they're all identical in, in terms of their scheme. I'm not saying it's saying, like, do you think they're normal as in, like, visually? Do these all eyes look the same? It's saying if the third eye on the mask has like special powers. Do you think the other two eyes on the mask have different? No, like, I get powers? it. We're on like totally different boats here. I'm saying the question doesn't refer to the mask at all is what I'm saying. It doesn't make well, sense. I think it does though. It does, I'm just saying it doesn't make sense in terms of this question because they all, they're all the same. Like the masks, the masks eyeballs are all yeah, identical. But just because they look the same doesn't mean they couldn't have different properties. Like, like, but like if, I'm just saying it'd be weird for somebody to mention specifically red third eye. And then for the question to say the other two are the other two normal. 
because if they're all the same exact thing, that that's a very weird like question asked specifically about a mask. I mean, for me, I don't you know? think it's weird. I I guess I'm going to go out there and say I'm not going to x off the fact that he could possibly have a third eye. I think that'd be a cool character design, pretty sweet. But I don't think he does. I'm kind of in the camp that he is wearing that mask. Um, and I don't know if that mask necessarily has a power to it per se. It could, um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I really, I, I don't have enough information to go off on it, but I feel like it could be on the table if he did physically have a third eye or that mask is just busted OP, um, or if it's metaphorical, those are the three you guys can fight dog fight. No, over. dude, you're good. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just, I don't know. Cause I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how to answer the question if it's if it's the like the mask. Um, but if it's if it's the other scenario, um, and red third eye, like it, the red third eye, like he literally has maybe not physical, but like a metaphorical or something like that. And then like he's comparing the other two physical eyes. You know what I mean? That he has on him to it. Um, I think that the eyes could be normal. Yeah, I mean they might have some sort of special ability. I mean, Enryu, just by being in his presence, gave people weird eyeballs. So, I mean, it's not out of the question that in Jihad's climb, he got some funky eyeballs, you know what I mean, beyond that. So, I, I don't know. I don't I don't think I have enough information yet, especially because the mask covers it. I uh, I don't know. I think that the, the third eye is the one that he's definitely utilizing if he's going to use some sort of specific power about it. So, um, and I think to mirror your point, Isaiah, that um, I think that the third eye... And in Dorsey's trance has something correlated personally. Uh, what are the king's seeds he mentions? I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know. I, I don't I don't have enough information on it. But what if it's legit just like a potted plant that's just held <laughs> like passed down for generations and then it like grows this fruit at a certain point and when yeah. you eat said fruit, you unlock a power. Maybe. I'm just saying, got a high school. Yeah. Forbidden fruit. Maybe. I don't know. Never know. All right. Who's got the last question? Uh, Oh, I do. Take it away. All right, my boy, Cold Nerd. Do you think Jihad's shorts are the source of his power? (laughs) In all seriousness, (laughs) yes. Now, I have an explanation for this, okay? As bizarre as this may sound, I feel like you guys might resonate to me. When it is cold out, ironically, your name is Cold Nerd, and you see a man or woman or whoever walk outside in any setting and they are wearing shorts. And I'm talking it is snowing and they're wearing shorts and flip-flops. I would be lying if I said, like, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I look at that person, I see them in shorts, and the first thing through my mind is you're crazy. <laughs> but then a second, like, an underlying thought is you must be stupidly powerful for the fact that you are wearing shorts and it is snowing and flip-flops. Like, you are on a whole nother plane of existence that I am not going to reach. So that is my actual tie-in and correlation to Jihad, where I'm like, if Jihad is willing to strut them shorts, you already know he can deal with it with in any climate. And at that rate, he's already above, like, three-fourths of the population. So, yes, final answer, I do think his shorts directly <laughs> correlate to power. And I'd be scared if he wore full pants at that point. Because then if, he, if that actually added more power, then we'd all be dead. And, I mean, yeah. So, yep, shorts equals power. Gavin, that was a brilliant explanation. So, let me get this straight and just answer yes or no. Okay. Just, I want to make sure I got this right. Yes. You think that Jihad, the fictional character in this story, mm-hmm. gains his power from his shorts... Because in real life, 
you've seen niggas run outside in the cold <laughs> with shorts on. Is that am I in the ballpark? Just yes or no? Yes. <laughs> I right. want to preface though, it's not runarounds. I'm saying a leisurely stroll outside in shorts and flip flops when it is snowing. That is a whole other level of humanity that this person is existing on. I'm just saying. I have to I, say, those people do have superpowers that do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like, dude, you always know one person who does it, and it's like you are insane. Like you're you're powerful. No, I agree <laughs> <laughs> for sure. I mean, Jihad's drip is just like fantastic, dude. Oh no, his drip is ass. I love shorts, it. I shorts love specifically it. are obviously I, where I, all his power comes from. Absolutely love his drip because it is so goofy. Like I love how he has these shorts on with this like ridiculously big sword, the cape, the mask. Remember Captain Underpants? Yeah, that's dead ass. What it reminds me of, Dude. but he has his mother's red bra <laughs> stuck around his head. And he's trying to run around and get it off of him. Like that is what I picture when Dude, I see him. I love it. Absolutely, the source of Jihad's power. In the you know what could really unlock it is if. Jihad comes to terms with himself and loves himself for who he is. And if that means that people are going to make fun of him for his shorts, he doesn't care that he's going to do it anyway, right? And I think that a lot of power comes from that sort of self-confidence and self-belief. So, you know what, Jihad? You keep rocking those shorts no matter the temperature and no matter how stupid they look because if you like them, you like them. Who's going to tell you wrong? You're the king, right? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I think this is what this whole war got started over probably because Arlene was like, Jihad, you really got to stop like wearing shorts with this whole other thing because like you kind of look like a doofus. <laughs> we went out on a first date and she shows up, you know, all dressed fancy and he comes in and in his normal garb and she's like, Where, where's the dress pants? It's like, where's the shirt? And he's like, oh, no, 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 I got this. And she's like, well, you're not coming home with me and you're not getting a second date. And he literally just do a temper tantrum and then bam, tower God. That's mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's canon. It's canon. I wrote the story. You canon. know why she liked V? Nigga wore long pants. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. He knew what to dress. Style. But Jod's making his own style. It's bringing it back. But anyway, folks, that is our discussion. Hopefully you enjoyed our banter, our arguments, our predictions, all of that ridiculousness all wrapped up into one big bundle of joy for you folks to enjoy. This is a fun story. It really is. To be able to have these sorts of conversations is definitely something I'm glad that we get. You know, I feel uh, I feel blessed. Blessed. You know? But anyway, folks, if you enjoyed the discussion, make sure you guys are liking the video so we know that you enjoyed it. If you are new here, make sure you guys are subscribing, hitting that notification bell, sharing with your friends, comment your thoughts down below. What did you think of our discussion, the questions, all the stuff that I said prior. Big shout out to our patrons as well. Uh, we got... All of the patrons that support us is fantastic, but special shout out to our acolyte of anime tier uh, that goes out to Nathan and Stoic. Couldn't do it without all of the all the fans, all the folks. Um, so thank you for that. Also, make sure you guys are hitting up our merch shop for that 20% off any item in the store. That is going until the end of January, so you don't want to miss it. You got about a week left, less than a week from the time this video drops. So definitely get on that. Just type in the code AOA2021 at checkout for 20% off of your order. Rep some AOA swag. Be a part of the journey, part of the climb with us. Um, and anybody have a question that we want to ask? Ask. I said asked. Um. <laughs> I don't know why you're looking at me. I'm just thinking. <laughs> uh, what to what to thirteen months does um, easy one does Yuri wield? Um, 
point of the question isn't to be super hard. The point of the question is that we know you watched the end of the video, so don't worry too much about it. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, uh, we want to start asking questions at the end of our videos. And for those of you that watch the video in its entirety, answer the question, obviously, um, and then write your comment. And we will know that you watched this video all the way through. And your question or your comment rather might just appear on our next discussion video or our next video in general. We could shout you out and uh, read off your comment. So that's how you do it is by watching the whole video. Yeah. Gavin, you had to say something? Yeah, I want to say if you want to comment on how cute I am and make sure it gets featured in the beginning of a video, you, know, <laughs> you could just put in your history of swords. And, you know, I consider uh, this an absolute uh, win in all ways. It's a win-win <laughs> scenario. But anyway, that's all the plugs. That's the whole spiel. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Um, but until next time, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you on the flip. Peace. 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 Ninjas are samurais. Blazing the cool knives. Find me in the leaf of the cloud. Screaming out Bankai. We just some ghouls, though. Who likes seeing parts fly?